Hey, welcome to the Circle of Salt, the podcast where we use our snark to protect the occult community from itself and others. Circle of Salt is brought to you by Felix Warren, aka Dot Ass, and Rune Emerson, aka Rune Prism Power. <laughs> makeup. <laughs> I don't know if you have makeup on. Really? <laughs> <laughs> So just so you know, Circle of Salt's website is at circleofsaltpodcast.tumblr.com. That's where you can go for updates about the podcast and to ask us questions, as well as to find links to our blogs. If you like Circle of Salt, it would be great if you would review us on iTunes or your other podcast listening venue of choice and tell your friends and neighbors about this cool podcast or maybe tweet about it or blog or or put it on a paper airplane and put it like fly it out into the street and whoever hits will know about our podcast just do that um (laughs) and if you don't like us then um burn that airplane and do nothing and then yes and maybe we won't step through the mirror and and eat your soul anyway great so that's that's wonderful all that if we if we eat their soul then we have a snack but we're not going to do it because we're nice people are we um, we're... we're not going to do it because it's effort. Oh, right. Okay. Well, anyways, so yes. it's time for our first installment, affectionately referred to as Hekas Hekas Este Bullshit. Today's Dish of Salt is brought to you mostly by me and is entitled Black Philip is Judging You. So I run into an awful lot of uh, people shaming each other in well, it's a human thing to do. People like to manipulate each other using shame or guilt. Um, but the thing is, in the witchcraft community, it seems a little stupid. Uh, witches don't really do shame. Being a witch is considered to be a shameful act in many cultures. Most cultures, in fact. And we're not really fond of this kind of thing. We're not, we don't really care. And, um, so I find it kind of stupid that witches go out of their way to try to shame other people. Uh, just a word to the wise, or a word to the wicked, anyway. Don't bother with the shaming. Like, if you're about to do a call-out post on your Tumblr or your Facebook, you're going to vague blog, you're going to, like, describe some sort of shitty thing that's happening to you in, you know, the vaguest of terms where we don't name names, but we make everybody know that this is just not a thing to do, blah, blah, blah. Don't bother Witches don't bother, because what we do is we cast spells instead. Don't try to wheedle people and manipulate people into doing this. I encourage you not to do this. I'm not going to tell you don't. Actually, I should probably just like strike that out and not tell you don't, because then I'm doing the same thing that, that I'm telling you not to do. Um, I'm going to recommend that you don't. I'm going to recommend that instead, you take that option, you take that opportunity at that moment to... Curse the fuck out of them instead. Or, if you're not a cursor, if you're not a person who's comfortable with cursing, I'm going to recommend that you try doing something else, like uh, a spell that provides you space. A spell that makes it so that their stuff and your stuff never interact. A banishing Uh, spell? Ah, if you want to. Um, Or you could just cast a spell that says, you and I never meet. You and I and our words never come across each other. Just make it so that that is done. My favorite curse to cast is a, um, an obscurity curse. It's a, it, it renders someone obsolete. Um, when someone crosses me so badly 
usually the reason people cross me is because they do so for attention, they do so for the ability to get one up on other people who are around me. It's usually a social thing. And when they do that, like, I don't usually care because, I mean, I have little to lose from people being douchey to each other. I'm just like, whatever, do what you do. But when it really hits, when it really has an impact on my life, my favorite thing to do is look at them and be kind of like uh, Lamia from Stardust with fire coming out of my finger as I stare down into their face. Act as you wish. Nothing you do from this point forward will ever matter to anyone ever again. It's not nice, but I'm not nice. And neither were they. And so I'm not really concerned about what happens. Basically, the spell is designed to make it so that they will leave me alone because they can't help but do otherwise. They're, they, that, they're gonna do that because that's the only thing they can do. They're, everything that they do falls to pieces, so why would they care? Why would they be able to do anything, I should say? Why would I care? Would be a better way to say that. Which brings me into another part of my, of my salt with all of this. When people try to throw blame at each other in the craft, it feels like a wasted effort specifically because literally witches go out of their way to break rules, to defy, and to transgress. It's actually a part of being a witch. Being a witch is a transgressive act. Being transgressive in this world, and here's the problem that a lot of people are maybe not telling you, when you use transgression as a method to developing strength and empowerment, it becomes the mechanism through which you need to pursue all of your strength and empowerment. It's not like you can go back on it and be a nice person in society again. It doesn't work. Um, as a gay man, as a person who is a gender fluid, uh, or, well, I prefer gender blender, but there you are. Um, as a person who is of many different cultures and um, many different backgrounds personally, like my bloodline is a big mix, um, and so on, I run into this whole idea of shame from a lot of different directions. Um, there are different cultures that have different rules, different ideas of how all this stuff is supposed to work and all their different kind of like cultural lines. And we're going to talk about taboos in a minute. But um, when people start trying to shame you and you deliberately go out of your way to break the thing that they were using to have power over you, it does give you power. But it also means that if you try to put that shackle back on your wrist, it won't fit. It's not going to work. No one's going to trust you to, to toe the line. They're just going to be delighted that you're playing the game. They're going to play with you until they can toss you aside. They've already recognized that you are no longer, uh, that you're not tied to this. Um, there are, they've already recognized that you broke free. And if you go back into it, then they think that they have won already. So all they're going to do is use you until they use you up. Um, I have people come on to Tumblr and get pissed off at me because of things that I say. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes the things that I say are shitty. They they point out a privilege that I was not paying attention to, or they, they mention that some of the things that I said were ignorant, and often they are. Um, and that, in and of itself, is a learning experience that I really value. I personally treasure those experiences because they remind me that I have a lot of, of work to do. Um, 
but I think I should maybe make a proviso or something, uh, like some sort of disclaimer, I should maybe say. I am personally interested in policing my racism, my sexism, my uh, internal prejudices and biases and bigotry, because I'm interested in becoming a better person. Not because someone told me I was a bad kid and I should be ashamed of myself. I literally could not give a shit what they think about whether or not I'm a good person. I know what it is to be a good person, and I know when I'm falling short of the line, and that's important to me. I don't care about whether or not they have decided that I'm toxic. It actually is uh, a little surprising to me when a witch says that to another witch. Um, it causes me a bit of a moment of dissonance. I'm like, wait, that's still a thing for you? Like you, st okay, I guess some people are still concerned with that. Um, because it's not uh, sensible for us to be concerned with shame. It's not sensible for us to be people who are manipulated by shame easily. We're supposed to be strong-willed, for one thing. For another thing, we're supposed to be ecstatic. We're supposed to be unleashing ourselves, you know, kind of releasing ourselves from our bonds. We're supposed to be taking power in that which people use to control us, turning it at the tables. We're supposed to be power in the hands of the people. That's a witch thing. So it's very strange to me that people would even do that. It bothers me, like, on a visceral level, because people who try to control me, people who try to make me feel embarrassed or humiliated or ashamed, people who try to guilt trip me, they're trying to control me, and I learned that when I was, like, a child. Um, so I want you guys to think about that for a moment and look at your at your posting, look at your arguments, look at your debates, look at your, your discourse online. Um, in your families, in your friend groups. Take a look and see if there are moments when you're turning into Regina George instead of Regina Mills. If you're taking a moment and you're using a moment when you could be a fierce, terrifying badass, and instead you're being a snide, calculating, mean girl, and you're using your words not as weapons to destroy garbage, but instead as poison to poison the thing that you're calling toxic. Um, take a minute. Is that actually serving you the way that you want it to? And if that's actually what you want to do, if you're actually like, I think that you're toxic, take two seconds and use your power instead of just your words. Curse the fucker. Hex the fucker. Cast a spell to make their, their, their rubbish appear. Make it so that the, the people see what they're doing, and judge accordingly. I mean, pull a Kim Novak and make it so that the thing that they're trying to do fails. You know, there are lots of ways to do this. And if it doesn't work, maybe you're dealing with a witch who has more things together than you actually thought. All in all, I find that a lot of times when people come in and start trying to shame each other, I just watched a friend of mine get dragged on the internet because he posted some, some, some snide commentary making fun of somebody, and he was being a mean girl, um, and he just got dragged, but he didn't care so much because his life is kind of busy as it is. Um, but I watched the whole thing, and I'm like, this seems like such a, a colossal waste of time. And that's kind of what I want everyone to maybe take from all of that. Shaming is a waste of time. Don't waste your time. Throw a spell if you're really that mad about it. Seriously, don't try to police people. 
you are automatically wrong the moment you try to be the authority over anybody in the craft. They're going to automatically look at you like you're crazy, which is don't accept that. We aren't easily led. We are not easily pushed around. We are stubborn. We are cantankerous. We are opinionated. We are passionate. But one thing we are not is uh, followers who are easily embarrassed or shamed. That's not what we are. That's not how we work. It's not how it goes. And if we are experiencing that, any educated and experienced witch with a conscience is probably going to turn around and look at that situation where they see somebody being shamed and go, oh, y'all need a tornado dropped on your head. Don't shame people because that's how we are. We, we're guerrilla warfare people. We fight in the, in, in the alleyways, you know, we, we ambush. We, it's, we're not, we gained power by fighting the system. And all of us still kind of are allegiant to that. We're still loyal to it. And so those of us who have really found our power there, see who see people poking this newbie witch with a stick and making them feel embarrassed about everything, you guys are attracting an awful lot of attention, and it might not be the attention you want. So I guess my point is, I personally hate it when you do that. So don't do that in front of me. And certainly don't try to do it to me. Um, but also, what are you trying to gain from it? And are you actually gaining what you're looking for? Because I can hazard a guess that no, you're not, you're, you're not gaining anything from that particular behavior. Avoid shame. And for those of you who feel vulnerable to shame, for those of you who feel like shame is affecting you in your life, being embarrassed to do the things, being afraid of family censure and so on and so forth, I know how hard that is. I know what it's like to be in a, a, a culture or in a family where people do that to you. And um, you have my support behind you. I also want you to understand that even if you don't know something, and actually uh, there was a very good post about that recently, even if you don't know something, you will. You'll learn it. And that's really what matters. If people are trying to make you feel guilty for what you are, if people are trying to make you feel ashamed of the parts of your nature that they can't control, learn now. They're doing that because they're afraid. Learn that they're afraid, tap into that fear, and use it to do good in the world. What you consider good is good, so do it. All right, so that's probably all I've got for salt. Do you have anything to share on that one? I like the part where if you're a witch, why don't you just throw magic at it instead of throwing discourse at it? Well, and because the thing is, one of the four tenets of our, of our practice, none of it is to discourse. Our tenets say... <laughs> like, no, be silent, not discourse. To, yeah, to be <laughs> silent. There's a reason why we behave the way that we do. We're not going to bother explaining anything to anyone. Don't. It doesn't serve any purpose. Okay, so enough of my lecturing, but, like, seriously. Dude, guys, come on. Anyways. I want to put a cap on that. Yeah, cap it off. Why a discourse when you could cast discourse? <laughs> I feel like this whole thing was wound up for that. And no, we did not rehearse. We did not rehearse that at all. That was totally right out of the brain of Felix. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. good podcasting. All right. Um. So now we've got. Actually, it's discourse, isn't it? Yeah. 
we are. We're moving into the discourse phase. Let me see here. Uh, what did we... So we're, we're moving into our discourse phase, and our discourse phase is affectionately referred to as echo chamber Azarac, where we talk about things that are totally true and totally interesting, and we're right and other people are wrong. Um, today's discourse is, we are the taboo, mister. And if you don't know what that quote came from, what I was paraphrasing, you're either 14 and don't have a TV, or you suck. You either understand that reference or you're Captain America. Oh. Yeah. You made a I Marvel reference, too. That was awesome. I made fun of the Dorito. No, that's awesome. I love the Dorito. I would totally have <laughs> Doritos babies. I would have baby Doritos with no problem. Anyway, so we move on. Um, yes, Chris Evans, I'm in love with you. So, <laughs> so is me. that like fun size Doritos that you would have? Anyway. Um, I hope. <laughs> Anyway, if it's not fun size. What's the point? <laughs> right? Exactly. If it's not fun size, it's not fun. Anyways. So we're talking about taboos. taboos. Specifically. Taboo. Hey, so that was a lot of fun, wasn't it? Like two weeks ago when we were trying to record this? Like forever ago. Yeah, like since then, we've had like three series finales and two special guest stars. <laughs> in our own lives, but not on this podcast. Precisely, you know. Sir not appearing in this film. So the last couple of weeks ago when we tried to record this podcast, we basically hit a bunch of walls all at once, uh, tackling the issue of witchcraft and taboo, and we decided to just like stop and then take a few steps back and then have uh, life hit us like a train for two weeks. Yeah, it was pretty rough, actually. Like, So I mean, we kind of... Ugh. So, um, I on my side over here, we moved, and we were in the middle of moving when we were filming the or recording the the taboo podcast in the first place. And so my brain was all over the place, and I was having trouble holding the thread. So I tried to like fix it by turning into a lecturer, and that did not go so good. And it took well, too and long, like and in the background, good. there were doors opening, people walking by, talking on the phone, trying to figure out what the hell was going on. So I like, yelled at people so loud. That podcast was a train wreck. Um. Yeah, it's just it, that that evening was a train wreck. I think our choice to try to record a podcast during all of that may have been um, not the super best. But um, the yeah. the beginning of it that everyone has just heard was actually really fun, and we wanted to keep that. Um, yes. And now that we both have time again, now that you're in in your wonderful new space, and yes. my life is less on fire. Yes. Um, <laughs> We wanted to talk about witchcraft and taboo, but now we're going to address this in a different way. We totally are. And Can you explain what Tinder is? Oh, God. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to talk about, um, like, taboos and how witches interact with taboos. But one of the things that we're going to do as part of this is we're going to play Tinder with taboo. We're going to play taboo Tinder. And um, so Tinder, as almost I'm certain all of the people who are listening already know is like an app on your phone that lets you um, connect with people for the purposes of hookups, romantic liaisons, dates, etc. Um, and one of its little f features is the swipe feature. You'll get profiles that you either match with or don't match with. And um, well, I think that you you get the ones that that like are reaching out to you or matching you somehow i will admit that i don't actually have this app i don't have it i have too many men in my life as it is um 
but it literally like if you like the person if you're like hell yes then you swipe you swipe right uh on your screen and if you are like hell no send it to the shadow zone like we did with the entirety of the last episode um swipe left so (laughs) that's a thing um so we're going to play that with taboos, and we are going to go into that in just a few minutes. But first, we should talk a little bit about what taboos are. Um, so Felix, why don't you go ahead and tell us what Wiki has to say? That is right. I am, as we speak, bringing up Wikipedia entry for taboos. Oh my god. You're doing the nerd I'm talking, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking and typing at the same time conversation. I love that. That's like my favorite trope ever. I just like it a lot better than I like dead air, so. (laughs) A taboo is a vehement prohibition of an action based on the belief that such behavior is either too sacred or too accursed for ordinary individuals to undertake. Too sacred or too accursed. That's me. That's, that's like, right. That's that's us. That's too sacred to a cursed. Yeah, it's like it's too long for knuckle tattoos, but it, like it, it suits us all. Well, no wonder I don't have a Wikipedia entry. They already have one for me. Here you are. <laughs> Such prohibitions are present in virtually all societies. The word has been somewhat expanded in the social sciences to strong prohibitions relating to any area of human activity or custom that is sacred or forbidden based on moral judgment, religious beliefs, or cultural norms. Right. Uh, The thing is, um, taboos originally were not just like, oh, we don't do that because it's against the rules. The rules were set down because it's literally like, it's a superstitious kind of a thing. Like It's the, like life or death. Exactly. Or, like, the thing that you're doing is, like, whether or not you can even talk to people ever after this. Um, and I really like what Wiki said about that and what you mentioned just a minute ago about how doing this, if you do it, it's because you're either too accursed or too sacred to exist amongst normal humans. You are just too much and I, I'm sort of like the drag queens from Tu Wong Fu in that one. Like, larger than life is just the right size. <laughs> so, but then, you know, I'm a drag queen without makeup. So there you are. <sighs> Anyways, which I guess is like a regular queen, but whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> You're not regular anything, but Aww. let's go on. <laughs> so anyway, um, witches are taboo. So those of you who are listening, uh, here's one thing that I always like to tell my students about being a witch. Being a witch is a taboo, and anybody who is capable of hanging out with witches for very long, you're likely not of the norm in and of yourself, because most people freak when they interact with witches even in the supermarket. So it's just kind of a thing. So those of you who are listening, congratulations. Just by tuning in, you became a part of the fringe. You are witch adjacent. You are, if not witch, like, applicable. Hey, I think that witch adjacent would be crooked. Ooh. And then trag crafters all perk up their little pointy ears. That's right. <laughs> Did They're you crooked, say crooked pointy ears. <laughs> anyway, so witches themselves are taboo, and oftentimes we set taboos so we can work magic through them. But we rarely listen to other people's versions of taboos. We don't really do the thing where it's like oh well you can't do that because it's just not done we're like well i just did so what are you gonna do um that's kind of our lives 
Um, witches will set themselves taboos. If they set a taboo, it's because they're setting it for themselves. You don't set taboos on someone else. At least not without consent. That's It doesn't work. If you set something on someone else that prohibits certain behavior, that's not a taboo. That's a spell. So, just so we're clear, that's different. Not the same thing. Um, anyway, that's probably enough about taboos, ex- uh, for me anyway. I'd like to kind of tack on to the very end of there. Like, basically, if something is taboo to you, that's that's attached to your identity. Right. Yes, that's really very good. specific to you. Personal taboos are attached to you and your identity exactly, and witches almost exclusively deal in those if they bother at all. Yeah. So if like you know doing any kind of personal identity work, I mean, which you're gonna end up doing if you're a witch, then you know taboos can can become a powerful force in that but we're also going to talk about like what everybody else considers taboo right common taboos that are discussed exactly uh, uh, common taboos that disgust us um yes (laughs) we like we get a lot of being involved in the occult community we get a lot of information from people that is just well everybody knows well everybody says well this is clearly like this is just not done we hear a lot of this and we always kind of giggle you know, because who's going to tell me not to do something? I mean, really, did you think that was going to work? Anyway, um, which we mentioned in that previous part, I think. Anyways, uh, the part that we did keep from the last episode. Um, so what we're going to actually do today is we're going to go over common taboos that we encounter in the occult community. People who talk about things that they're just like, uh, this is wrong or bad, or this is like scary or wicked or whatever. And we're going to swipe right or swipe left on them each of us and maybe give you a little reason as to why and right is yes and left is no that is correct right is the hell yes left hand path it is left is lhp if that makes you feel better <laughs> we should a no path we, we should put that one in there <laughs> anyway uh so let's get started the very first and top of every um taboo tumblr conversation which is not the same as tab as taboo tinder um taboo tumblr is sort of just tumblr. it's regular tumblr it's just tumblr <laughs> anyway so the part the the blogosphere loves to discuss curses and black magic let's separate them curses swipe right or swipe left uh swipe right all right any explanation as to why i uh, do what i want <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so curses swipe right for me. I swipe right because curses are magic. Um and magic is sacred in my practice. All forms of magic are good. So I swipe right. Uh let's go black magic. The use of the term but also the practice. Swipe right or swipe left. Um so for the use of the term swipe left okay why um i'll give you a little bit of detail on that um black magic is not very a very useful term if you're trying to be very specific and uh there's also quite a lot of problematic behind it such as like racism Mm -hmm. um so i just do not find it very useful in discourse unless i'm kind of using it as like you know oh my gosh that's just black magic (laughs) like you know as sort of like a like a what sorcery is this sort of deal yeah just like an an, an outburst like just otherwise a, i just do not find it to be a very useful term just a frollo witchcraft kind of gif thing going on yeah <laughs> do you want to go over like the use of the term or do you want me to go on into like actual stuff that is black magic 
Oh, um, well, okay, so Black Magic, uh, brief, super brief, because I, I waxed poetic last time. Uh, super brief description. Black Magic comes from the conflagration, the conflagration, the conflation, and consequent conflagration of, yeah. of necromancy, the interaction with the dead, and alchemy, and negromancy, which they call black magic, which is literally all of the stuff from Egypt. And that's because Egyptians practiced necromancy, but they also practiced other kinds of magic, like alchemy came from there. The term chem in alchemy literally means from the soil. And anyways, uh, it has to do with transmuting substances. That was the original. Um, and all of that was considered to be illegal, and mostly it was done so through xenophobic and culturally like bigoted reasons, which later got conflated into the understanding of black magic as voodoo in modern vernacular and so on and so forth, being associated with African people and, of course, their dirty, dirty, horrible, evil magic. So, yeah. There's just, that's just a little flavor for you. Um, do you have anything else you want to talk about with that subject? Because I'm ready to move on to my swipe right or left. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of, like, do you want me to talk about the actual magic that goes under that and whether I swipe right or left on that? Or do sure. you want to go into... Go for it. Okay. Um, all this is good shit, man. Uh, <laughs> swipe right. <laughs> swipe right on on the good, on the stuff, but swipe not left only, on the title. Like, it may not be good to do. It may not even be something that I will do, but to learn about and to know of, I think it's like they're forbidding an area of magic to even research or learn is a mistake. Is like the, the knowledge is useful. Yes, and has caused many a defrocked priest. Yes. So um, I swipe right on both, but not the racist connotations i swipe right on the usage of the term black magic because my personal tradition that i'm a part of and my coven tradition both use colors to reference different kinds of magical practices and black is one of my favorites yeah see if you have an actual specific context where they're actually it's an actual useful term like a term with real meaning yep then like i'm not against like ever using the term black magic for something right exactly it just needs to actually mean something when right. you say it we have blue black red white gray um you know we've got a whole bunch anyways um so for us black magic represents the magic of bringing about doom and harm and i happen to be good at it so i like it but i also happen to be very fond of the ethics of it when to do it and when not to do it so i have personal opinions about all that which i won't go into here so we're going to move on to the next taboo you ready for this demons yes demons y'all remember last episode yeah <laughs> I, I, I do, anyway. Just in, insert my rant from there, here. Which leads to which swipe? Um, I swipe right for demons are awesome. Okay, good. So, I swipe right for demons as well, but I swipe right for all kinds of spirits, and I swipe left against people saying demons are scary, spooky monsters, or that demons are evil, which we already talked about, because we had that conversation, and Felix schooled us all, and I completely agree with him. So I swipe right for the, the the demons are awesome and left for the demons are the evils. Which brings me to the next taboo. OMG! Ouija boards are portals! How does one make a Ouija board? Um, hopefully you have all seen that YouTube video. If you have not, go look up the Luigi board. <laughs> 
Um, Waggy so, board. The wag, the Wawag board, the quiche board. I loved it. It was so good. Um, so I swipe right personally for the Ouija boards. Um, not that they are portals. I don't give a crap. Literally, a fork can be a portal to spiritual power. I whatever. Um, I swipe right for Ouija boards being a fun accessory. Left for Ouija boards being a serious tool, although I know that other people use them and I respect that, that doesn't really fall into my own practice because I've used them and they tend to be very unpredictable and a pain in my ass. So I prefer them for, you know, window dressing. I swipe right for Ouija boards in general. Like, it's good. I I really like and appreciate that a tool for, like, connecting with spirits is available in the game board section right. of the supermarket. I do, too. Uh, I always love those little, like, divination things they have there, too. Like, the little, like, like uh, what is it, the magic eight balls and the variants thereof. Yeah, you can get, like, you know, this stuff that's, I mean, it is considered taboo, but they've made it just mainstream and just, like, mundane-looking enough that you can still sell it. Uh, next to the kids' toys. And not open a portal. Yeah, like a portal. There's a portal in Al- the supermarket. It's summoning demons. Although, to be fair, if you've ever been to the toy section in a, like a supermarket, like all of the little ankle biters that are running around, they may have actually opened a portal to to hell. I mean, there uh, there's an awful lot of little demons running around. That is true. Yeah. So, anyway. Okay. So, and then the, the usage of Ouija boards. Um, I swipe right, but tentatively, because I, I do have um, one Ouija-type spirit board. Um, actually, and I've got another one that's uh, internet-based. It's like a keyboard uh, on a mouse pad. You also have a little um, bitty one. Yeah, and I've got the, the, the little bitty one is the one that I was talking about, the, okay. the one that I have. Yeah. That is like my sole actual Ouija board. <laughs> it's great. Um, I have not used it much and i'm not very good with it so but i want to like i want to get better with it Mm -hmm. but yeah like you will (laughs) it has yet to um summon a ghost that like flips all the tables in here well that's because it's busy putting its butt on you you've heard about this right that's right yeah yes like humans are are buffeted by probably three to five ghost butts every hour yeah, because there's just like trillions of dead people all around us, so we're basically just always touching their butts. Yep. So got to touch the. It's just a useful fact. Yep. All right, so our next taboo. <laughs> next taboo: theft in witchcraft and law breaking. Um, okay, so now just so we're clear, this is basically the idea that witchcraft, in and of itself, is a violation of the natural order, and that in order for certain spells to work, they need to be fueled by ingredients that involve theft or other forms of law-breaking, grave robbing, breaking and entering, that kind of thing. So, swipe right or left? Um, so, I swipe right on this, even though it's something that I likely will never practice. Okay. Like, I just, I do not actually like law-breaking very much. Okay. But I do not think that it's something that should be forbidden in terms of doing magic. Okay. Uh, so I swipe right and I swipe right on the practice of it as a historical record and on things that can be considered to like things that you should consider as a witch because 
most laws are not written with us in mind and don't really protect us very well. So keep that in mind in case you need something that's important. But I don't swipe, I swipe left on any sort of law breaking just because of nihilism or neo-dataism. I actually really, I, I swipe left on neo-dataism in general. I know you don't, but I do. So, uh, just so we're clear... Well, it depends on, on which part of neo-dataism. I really like Vaporwave. Yes, I know you do. Um, <laughs> that is one of your secret strengths. Vaporwave, the ultimate taboo. Um... <laughs> this should go on the list, too. <laughs> Anyways, um, I swipe left for anything that is designed to just wreck it so you can wreck it, because witches don't need to. Like, the more we cause havoc to the rest of the world just because we can the more we're paying attention to the way humans do the world because seriously nature doesn't give a crap so i'm over really kind of going eh. if you need it and you have to steal it steal it but if you don't have to steal it then don't i really think that it's important that if you're adding some sort of like if you're kind of fucking up things in the world on purpose that there needs to be some sort of meaning behind it right like um s some of the older spells that i read about have to do with like you know get the skull from a corpse that was hung right like who was a criminal like you know well i'm more used to that one being the left hand for the hand of glory yeah or that like you know just like a very for one extremely specific but two obviously in an era where this was much easier to do mm-hmm um, well, and yeah. it, here's an interesting little thing, and I'm going to have people argue with me about this if they hear this, but too bad, I did my research, I hope you did too. Um, hands of Glory were not actually made out of people's hands. Like, the original was not made out of people's hands, it was made out of a male fern. So, oh yeah, I've seen the um, I've seen correspondences too. Yeah, that so, talk about how like you know the body parts and stuff. That was just like a way to reference a plant. Specifically, exactly. It's it's a way to represent uh, to refer to a particular plant harvested a particular way, a particular root, etc. Um, and also, anytime someone starts going in on, well, these are the way you have to do it. Like if you want to harvest mandrake, well, mandrake only grows if a man is hung to death and his spine snaps in the way that causes him to either pee, bleed, or spontaneously ejaculate, that's the best one, um, all over the ground in front of him, and then that's where they grow. And I'm over here going, ah, uh, y'all... That's, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> it's also not actually, like, like correct. <laughs> that doesn't actually... Yeah. Like, I mean, that happens when people get hanged to death, but I... I'm kind of like, that's not what makes mandrakes grow. I mean... That is interesting lore that gives meaning to something, but that's not something you should be following. Right, and it's, word word it's mythic, wise. which means it expresses a truth without actually telling the truth. So, speaking of truth, that's the next taboo. Truth. Specifically, we have two dichotomous, um, like, paradoxical uh, taboos here. We have one that says that witches cannot lie. They must not lie. They cannot lie. Uh, and then we have another one that says, witches must lie, that their powers work through lies and deception. They deceive the world into doing what they want. So, swipe right or left on either one of those, or both. This is only for my personal yeah, shit. Yeah, obviously. Like, 
Y'all do what y'all do. Um, I swipe right for truth and left for lies. I feel much the same way. I actually swore an oath, my own personal taboo, that forbids me to to lie. It requires me to be honest. Not just tell the truth, but aim for honesty, which sucks if people are asking me questions I don't want to answer. It means I have to tell them bluntly. I don't really want to answer that. <laughs> so, next question. <laughs> so, I agree with you on the swiping. All right, next yeah, I'm one. just... I just want to make a note, like, practically, I've just found an effect that relates to the truth versus lies, and so, so you have if a... you see, if the results reflect it, then that's just what works for you. So, if you, so you have found a mystical reason to tell the truth and not lie? I have found, basically, that telling the truth and not lying gives me an advantage. I agree. I've had a similar experience, hence the oath. Alright, so, moving on. Drugs and alcohol in the craft. Um, the taboos associated with this fall all over the place. Um, on some ends, we have drugs and alcohol should never be used when doing magic. And then in others, we have drugs and alcohol should always be used or regularly or liberally be used because they are a path to power. Swipe left and right. Um, I swipe left on the drugs and alcohol should never be used. Okay. Like, I just do not feel that way <laughs> okay what about drugs and alcohol should liberally be used um i i do not think that drugs and alcohol are necessary okay so i swipe left on that okay there you go however the act the use of drugs and alcohol uh in whatever amount you feel is like best according to your measurement i swipe right on okay so they are useful so for me i swipe left on drugs and alcohol should always be used or liberally be used only because i have a terrible low tolerance to literally everything so i swipe left this is unfortunately part of the problem of being raised in a mormon household we didn't even drink caffeine um i also swipe left on it should never be used but i don't swipe very hard <laughs> because i'm still kind of uncomfortable with the usage of these things in circle i'm trying to kind of get past the idea of using things like wine and marijuana because they're both legal here so i don't really need to worry about them and i've never really had a problem with with pot um, but they are both taboos right many. they are and the difficulty that i run into with the usage of either of these is i'm not fond of losing control and they are a part of an ecstatic element of witchcraft that utilizes various forms of psychotropic substances as well as you know intoxicating substances of other kinds aphrodisiacs and such to unleash a, a trance state and unleash power through it and i actually do swipe right on that practice i just don't have enough experience so i would need someone helping me okay so let's move on radio into more ecstasy stuff specific not ecstasy the drug i'm not recommending that um specifically sex and nudity are magical uh or sex and nudity should never be married to your magical practice there are lots of taboos associated with this people love to make a taboo out of sex and or nudity so swipe right or left for sex and nudity in your magic um i swipe right for sex and nudity nudity can be in magic although like the the notion that sex and nudity are necessary i swipe left left on okay um 
and the the whole like no sex and nudity and magic thing like you know sex and nudity can never be in magic i slept i swipe left on that because just right. empirically i've seen otherwise right okay so um i have a similar attitude except i want to make a couple of small provisos there so for my personal practice i swipe right like a motherfucker <laughs> i do most of my magic nude or in robes with barely covering my nudity um i prefer to use sex as part of magic whenever possible i am a poly gay pagan so i mean that shouldn't be really terribly surprising um i don't get nearly enough sex and nudity in my magic because i also swipe right heavily for consent and respect and Anytime someone is uncomfortable with the idea of either one of them in their magic, I swipe right heavily for them to practice the way they think is right. And since I'm a teacher, that usually means that I defer to the person who is of the most conservative attitude when it comes to norms within the circle. That being said, my own coven is known, well, known, I mean, we're not known by anybody really, but like, it is a common practice for us to do nude ritual together which has caused a little bit of trouble with one of my coven mates new husband so we have not practiced that way since she got married all right so uh moving on to the next one animal sacrifice and blood magic swipe left or right in your practice in my practice i swipe left on animal sacrifice okay. although i will say working with animal parts um so like vulture i swipe culture? right on uh, vulture culture and just you know like hey i found a bone yay okay. um <laughs> you know that's fine but like i just uh personally have no space for animal sacrifice in my practice cool um bloodletting um like uh, i'll use blood so i'll swipe right on on that although like i don't necessarily go out of my way to like do like super amounts of blood magic <laughs> so we're not sorceress cagliostro here by the way if any of you have not read her books she writes books almost exclusively on the usage of blood magic like literally that's all there is in the book blood and my demons. favorite thing with blood magic is that if you just happen to be bleeding why not do some magic see i run into that a lot and i actually kind of stopped myself and looked at it and was like all right which is most important is it the actual substance for me or is it the act of sacrifice and i realized for me i think there's an element of both in it and so i tentatively swipe left swipe right sorry on entertaining the understanding that i may wish to bloodlet in my circle but i rarely do because i rarely need to and i swipe heavily left on any form of sacrifice that involves something's life um i'm even careful about plants i don't want to kill anything when i do this simply because the cost of the death in it may turn out to be something i have to pay for later i don't know i don't want to um i'm an animist and some and i don't want things pissed off at me for killing them um but I'm also a meat eater, so I've come to a place where I'm comfortable with my hypocrisy on that one. Um, as far as animal sacrifice goes, the, the fact that it is treated like a taboo drives me nuts because that was specifically done to alienate African diaspora and Native American practice in this country. And since I'm American, I'm annoyed by what 
America has done to these cultures. Um, yeah, just like, and so a lot of like, a lot of animal sacrifice is in these practices because you're feeding a community with this. Like right. it's basically the same as whenever you know you have a big roast, like for the whole family or something, and like you know you're doing a barbecue. Right, and you're it's just that you happen you know, to have a farm, and so one of you slaughters a pig so that we can all eat. That's yeah, basically how it's done. Except your gods also get to be fed. I grew up in a family that hunted and sometimes had to hunt for actual substance or uh, sustenance. And um, as a kid, I was like actually made fun of by like some of my classmates who didn't have hunting families. Right. And thought that I was basically like the reason that we were like eating animals wasn't because like it was good or because like of any like you know, benefit to it, but because like we were super poor and desperate. Oh, see, I haven't encountered that myself. Um, which is nice. That's a sign of my privilege, I think. It's a it's an anti Cajun sentiment because you know this is South Louisiana where oh, that I grew makes up. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to make that note on animal sacrifice because, like, you know, I, I grew up sustained on animals. It's just like I now live like over in Portland, and I'm not a hunter, so I right. like there's no opportunity for me to even in, engage in in any of this. So it's just not part of my practice. Right. I don't kill animals. I was actually taken out hunting when I was a kid, but like seriously. I don't I don't kill animals because I don't have to to eat. So why be a contributor to to the loss of life? Um, someone has already killed that animal and put it in a supermarket, you know, shelf. And I am hungry and I eat meat, so I'm going to go eat it. Um, yeah, I, it would actually feel really weird to do it up in Portland, like for me to hunt in Portland, because like I grew up in Louisiana, so I'm kind of tied to the land there, so it feels right. Sure. That makes but sense. But in Oregon, actually. like, I just have none of that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so, yeah, definitely swiping left for myself for any for killing anyone. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Ooh, ooh, now we get to move into the divination-specific taboos. There oh, are great, yeah, so this is going to be so many, much fun. So many taboos! People will tell you all sorts of stories about all the things that are taboo about practicing divination, reading tarot I think divination to... To mainstream culture, divination is defined by taboo. Like, mainstream culture is fascinated with divination from the outside, but also always writing horror stories about it because yeah. they're like, oh no, it's so spooky. Exactly. Like, tarot cards are another thing that people like to say, oh, they have portals. So let's continue. All right, so uh, this is, um, this particular set of taboos is operating under the principle or idea that you are a practitioner of divination and therefore you follow or don't follow these taboos so let's go over some so first taboo do not riffle your cards that means um shuffle them where they go and you mix them together where you you know riffle shuffle anyways um they riffle and bridge do not do that because i don't know <laughs> swipe right or left I am going to use audio in a way that tells you whether I swipe right or left. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you salty. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, yes, I agree. I swipe completely left while shuffling my cards. Um, the whole thing about don't riffle your cards, for me, the only time I don't riffle the cards is if the card stock is too weak for it. Yeah, I don't want to mess up my cards. I'm not going to wreck it. Although I will admit, um, if they are gilded on the edges or foiled, um, it is really funny the first time if they're like pretty soft cardstock and the first time you shuffle them, cloud of glitter. Not even kidding. Yeah. Super funny. 
They're usually foiled enough that it doesn't wreck the cards at all, but it is super funny to release the Cloud of Glitter into the air. It's funny. Um, anyway, so, next taboo. Cards have to be, oh, cards have to be shuffled with the left hand only, or cut with the left hand only. Swipe right or swipe with that left hand? Swiping with that left hand because that is one thing I can I would never remember to do. <laughs> yeah, um, I tried it for a little while. I tried it. Um, I would only cut with my left hand and I would only overhand shuffle. And do you know what I found? What'd you find? I found that the cards didn't get properly mixed up and that I always felt a little weird when I was cutting with my left hand. When I cut with my right hand, it felt great. When I cut with my left hand, it felt a little weird and the card readings were a little garbled. So I think that not only am I swiping left because that's ridiculous, but also it's kind of counterproductive for me, kind of a counter effect. So there we go. Yeah, I think that maybe if you were in some sort of tradition or something where the left hand meant something that, like, gave this an advantage, right. then this would be something you could apply. But but if you don't exist inside of that, then it's just, like, kind of a mean, meaningless taboo, taboo. That does tend to be the kind of argument for all of these taboos, I think. But anyways, we move on to the next one. Cards have to be given to you in order for you to use them. There's actually a whole list of these. Uh, we'll go over each one of them. Given, stolen, and bought without haggling. So we'll go over those. So cards have to be given. Yes, no. Um, so I have to qualify this. Uh-oh. I believe in my heart the answer is no. Uh-huh. But my first deck was given to be me by my mom. Uh-huh. She bought, she like saw them like at a flea market, bought them. They were used too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then gave them to me because she thought that I would like them. So, and, and like my family has witchcraft running in it. So, on the one hand, I say, like, no, I do not think that they have to be given. But on the other hand, I don't know for a fact because they were given to me by like my mom mm-hmm. out of nowhere in my witch family. So, I have an interesting story about that. So, the very first deck that I ever read with was the Lord of the Rings tarot, and I tell this on my blog, actually. Um, The very first deck I ever read with was the Lord of the Rings tarot, and unfortunately, uh, I bought it myself, and when I say unfortunately, I mean it worked, but it did some kind of shady shit. That deck preferred to give people the worst possible readings they could get, and would often foil or foul their luck um, while reading. So that was really kind of disappointing to me. Um, after a while, the the kind of bad luck cloud seeped out of the cards and started following just anybody who held them and started like messing with people all around them. And it really scared my poor little Wiccan self when I was young and impressionable. So I traded them to a friend who was impressed with their power in exchange for him buying me a deck of Robin Wood tarot, a much more appropriate to Wicca tarot deck, which became the very first deck that I ever really bonded with. And it actually, like, spoke to me in my dreams, and the cards would wink at me. It was really neat. Um, so the cool thing about that is I, I believed for a really long time cards should be given. They don't have to be, but they should be given for a good long time. I will tell you that I'm swiping right on that tradition for myself, not to tell anyone else that they shouldn't do it that way, but to tell them, you know what, if you're of two minds about it try it see what happens 
I think that the cards being given does give the deck meaning in a way that wouldn't happen if you got them for yourself. I agree. Um, I also, I've heard the reasoning behind it. Your cards need to be given to you so that they trust you. The idea is that fate is being handed to you, uh, like a fate up for a purpose. You are being handed the ability to read the fates because now you're going to need to. And that means that someone trusts you with the abilities, so the cards will have to trust you to do it. If you try to take it up, then they're going to test you. And I'm over here going, well, I watched Card Captor Sakura. I'm okay with yeah. cards testing me. <laughs> so, all right, next one here, though, is stolen. Cards have to be stolen in order to be used properly. I love this one. This is so weird. So, like, I swipe left because I don't like stealing, stealing things. Stuff. Like, it's, if, and if a deck of tarot cards is going to be stolen, it's just, like, extra don't like because it's either somebody somebody's deck that they have, and in which case I'm like, how dare you? Or it's, like, you're stealing from retail, which means you're probably getting somebody at Barnes & Noble, like, docked or something. See, I'm going to say... I have yet to meet a person who willingly admitted that they use this particular taboo. I've just had them kind of on Anon preach it at me. Interesting. Yeah, so like I've yet to meet a person who's actually done it. I know the kinds of traditions that are associated with the idea that your ritual tools should be stolen because they're about defiance and um, they're about rebellion and all that kind of stuff. And I'm really interested in those practices because I use them in other areas. But the stolen part, I've yet to see anybody tell me one way or another if that actually worked better for them. So the jury is out, but I'm going to say that that was never an issue for me, so I'm going to swipe left. All right, so then how about bot without haggling? I run into this one a lot. Um, <laughs> bruh, where can I haggle? Right? <laughs> I know, right? This isn't like India. <laughs> this isn't like the bazaar. It's where like, do you haggle things? And and does this mean that you can't buy it on sale? Specifically, what I understood is it means that if you run into it at like a like a, a vintage store or like a rummage sale or something where they do actually do haggling, you mustn't haggle because it came to you as a bequest and you must pay the price that fate asked for. You know, I'm a still can, swipe left though. I can kind of no, go with actually, that. Yeah, go with that. So talk about it. Sorry. Like, if I found, like, a good deck of tarot cards at, um, a place, like, there's only some reasons why I would haggle that. Like, if they were overpricing it, right? then, you know, but, like, if it, if, if I'm, if they're, I'm gonna buy a tarot deck from a rummage place or a thrift place or something like that, like, I'm getting it because it's either a bargain or it's so rare I'm not going to find it somewhere else. See, and that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'm only swiping left because I have because the jury's still out for me, and I don't know anybody who's ever haggled a tarot deck. But I would prefer to swipe right because I, if I'm being honest, I've never haggled for any of my ritual tools, and the ones that I've gotten just like sight unseen, a lot of times it's the exact amount of money in my pocket, which I always find yeah. to be like a good omen. So maybe I should swipe right. Yeah, I'll go with right this time. All right. Then we have, um, what is it? Uh, cards have to be um, inherited in order for them to work. And I swipe hard left on this one because I'm like, well, who got the first deck? Did you make it? Yeah. 
<laughs> I like that bit of logic, and also I'm swiping left because ain't no one got time for that. Right? I'm not going to wait around for my mom to die before I inherit her gung Choi cards. That's some crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we move on. Okay, so divination, in order to practice it, requires the consent of the subject. That is a taboo that people follow. All right, so here's my issue with this particular taboo. Um, one, that's witch shaming, and as we have already heard, Rune has a very dim view of that. Uh, two, um, that's impossible. It is impossible for you to get the consent of everything you are doing divination about. If you're doing divination and it starts telling you about various factors that are going in, only by being incredibly vague are you going to be able to talk to anybody about their fate, about their life. You're going to be like, oh, I see this one woman, and she's a problem for you. Okay, how many women does that person know? You know what I mean? That's just super vague. So if you can't tell their name, or you can't tell their nature, or you can't tell anything about them, really, because it would out them, and it would require consent for it even to work, they wouldn't show up in the reading. So no, I don't think that's real. I swipe left. I swipe left on this because I am pro-snoop, I am (laughs) pro-gossip, and if you work with tarot cards or any kind of cards or any kind of divination tool whatsoever divination is pro snoop and pro gossip like divination does not sign an nda with that is absolutely true and i also agree with that extra left then all right so um now we go over to the next one um so there's another one that says it is wrong and you can have your this is one that i ran into someone said to me that if you do if you break any of these you'll lose your powers of divination forever <coughs> and i'm over here going what so i don't agree with that i forever. think i think that's bullshit um but and like because i've done a lot of this stuff and like nothing's happened so um but one of the taboos is no reading people who aren't present for the reading I'm sort of torn with this one. On the one hand, I've noticed that there are certain kinds of divination I can't do unless someone chooses a card for themselves or whatever lot I'm using. Unless they're there to choose their fate, it doesn't work. But there are also a bunch of forms of divination I can do that have no care about that. I can do them on anybody I want, no matter where they are. So I guess it depends on the situation. So tentatively, I'll swipe left because it's not... Because uh, this is stated as a universal, and it's not universal. Yeah, I swipe left in terms of the universal thing, because they they do not need to be present to do divination. Um, in fact, that's the entire freaking point of divination, is to know stuff about stuff that... Without, Which isn't explaining like, itself. That you couldn't otherwise right? know. <laughs> I agree. So, um, but, like, there's always going to be some sort of special magic attached to being there right. to proximity or you know the, someone being able to take an action and interacting with you and you know you can't fully one-to-one replace that there's lots of ways you can emulate it or you know find a way to to facilitate but you know some things are special right okay so we agree on that one too um all right so here's a taboo that actually makes me see red Ooh. yes all of you who are listening to this who practice this i am calling you out don't tell the future. Why the fuck else would you read the cards? Why the hell right? why the fuck else would you read the cards? 
if you give me some sort of line my sister tried this years ago actually i wonder if she's even listening i don't know if she even knows about my podcast but she said this to me years ago that she thought that the tarot were really more sort of a mirror of our subconscious and all they are is just kind of showing us stuff we already know and i looked at her like she was crazy i was like bitch these cards tell me shit that i have no way of knowing and thank god for that because if they didn't then i wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that i do um don't tell the future uh why the hell not exactly um are like if you're coming from a religious belief that says only god can know the future uh okay fine i'm not so i don't care um this isn't jerusalem and i don't have to worry about king solomon's laws so suck it um but there are people who are like the tarot can't tell the future and if you are listening to this podcast and you genuinely believe that the tarot cannot tell the future i want you to write in and tell me about your experiences as to why please please take this as a serious request i want to hear your story on this because the tarot have told the future for me since i picked them up that was one of the first things they did and they were right and they have always been right and they freak me out they're so right it creeps me out sometimes in a really good way and that's why i continue to do it because it's amazing and fun and it's a way to be surprised without actually having to deal with the risk of being unknowing about something so that's awesome i don't see why anybody i don't know anyways so what about you okay so i'm gonna first the whole tarot can't tell the future i swipe left on because i have sh- seen it to be untrue okay it's like that is an untrue fact <laughs> that is not a fact <laughs> that's not even a taboo that's just an untrue that's fact. not even an alternative fact yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's, just that's just poop lies like so yeah i i really don't like when anyone takes some part of a practice or or some some action and says that it can't be done solely because they cannot do it or have not been able to do it that is so true and you know what and i actually wrote an article about this a while ago like quite a while ago um this is actually something i want to say to all of our listeners if you happen to be one of the people who is like well i can't do it and therefore it can't be done um i've got really good news for you just because you can't do it now does not mean you won't be able to do it soon and i will gladly advise you and help you if you have some need for that i would gladly help you get to the point where you are doing the thing that i know can be done and learning a thing that would be great i would be happy to help you for free i will totally help you i'll give you a couple of tips it will totally help because i would rather you be functioning at your full capacity than telling people that something can't be done just because you've never seen it or never done it i mean if we all limited ourselves in that particular fashion ain't none of us would be practicing magic at all right now yeah so um when it comes to can't be done i mean that's just like that that's test it and then and then and then take a moment to realize that if it doesn't work for you that doesn't mean it's a universal thing I, the universalism thing drives me nuts, and you yes, know that. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, okay, what's the next? Now, in terms of, don't use yeah. tarot to tell the future. But what I like about don't tell ta- use tarot to tell the future is that it it admits it can. that tarot can be right. used right like to that tell whole the thing where like Catholics will tell you. Well, and it's not just Catholics, but I I prefer Catholics for this particular metaphor when they tell you 
witchcraft is of the devil in any way it's not real um okay so is it evil yeah. or is it is it fake because it can't be both <laughs> yeah that, actually I, I i was raised catholic and i i am also a confirmed catholic although i'm a ex-catholic um <laughs> So, like, I, I fully approve of all of this, and that was, like, one thing that came up, was, like, you know, well, um, magic is of the devil, don't do it, also, it's not real, it's like, well, I can't, how can I do it if it's Right? Yeah! <laughs> you don't understand! Your words make nonsense! <laughs> A lot of those prescriptions actually encouraged me to do magic and read tarot cards, like, personally, so, um, awesome. <laughs> it's really bad to, to, to say don't do cool things to kids and yeah, teenagers. Yeah, a big mistake. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, I now don't tell the future. I would only say that would be useful if it were like some sort of oath, you right? Took Same like that the gives you something thing, in return, yeah. or like I could see it in terms of like the Oracle of Delphi sort of way of like in certain situations, trying to tell the future will just fuck you right. up. But that doesn't. I still don't think that that's necessarily. Don't read the future. I think that's really just stop going to the Oracle of Delphi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the empire will fall. Shit, it was the Oracle's empire. God damn it. Like, every single prophecy she gives is a Stephen King novel. Just stop going. <laughs> That's awesome. Now I'm thinking about her as, like, at the top of the Dark Tower. <laughs> She's like, some of your problems are your fault. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Alright, so, the next one. Tarot divination any form of divination actually i wrote tarot because whatever because that's the one i get the most office or most because we often, love tarot uh, because i love tarot and i practice it but tarot divination doesn't work over the internet or digitally which means if you can't shuffle a set of pasteboards in person that someone handed you they can't read your fortune they can't read your fate they can't do anything for you um Oh shit, Rune. <laughs> We've been doing this for like eight episodes We've been now. doing this wrong the whole time! Now, mind you, none of our followers have actually sent this to me. This was all proud. Like, I encounter this in person, or I encounter this, like, uh, like from people who don't know I have a podcast, because if they did, they would probably be like, oh, he's not the person to say that to. Um, so, swiping left on tarot doesn't work over the internet because obviously i think we've proven it does but also swiping left on tarot doesn't work digitally because that means the apps on your ipad are not as good as a tarot deck and that is actually not true um i used to play on a, a program called second life and i'm sometimes still there i designed a divination system on there and it worked really well and i was quite popular for a while because of it so I know it works. I still use the thing whenever I need a very specifically clear answer in a place that no one can reach me. It's like having a, a form of divination that no one can kind of hack. So um, so they can't really meddle with it. Um, so I do that. And absolutely it works. Um, I use my iPad for casting tarot spells, for doing divination of all different kinds, and it is exceedingly effective. And there you are. So lefty, left, left, left. Holy crap! No. You're gonna be so shocked when I go. What? Left. What? <laughs> so let's see. Tarot doesn't work over the internet. See, and I actually had to think about that the first time I tried it, because there is a first time that you yes, try these. The first time that people tell you the don't. The first work. time you jump into the taboo water. 
yeah, I'm like, well, let's see if it works. And I, I, I had a um, long-distance girlfriend, and I wanted to read tarot for her, so I tried, and it worked. Yay. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, that's all it takes is just trying it out. Now, I think that the, the, the long-distance, like, the digital connection and all, that can influence, like, um, sometimes the connection that you're getting with somebody you're reading for, but I, over time, got better right. at it. I think that you can learn to strengthen this over time if you I agree. On it. Actually, the very first time I did tarot as a digital it was also the very first time I did tarot over the internet. And it wasn't a long, 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 long time ago. It was actually like 2004. And um, I was on Second Life. And I did it as a joke. Like as a, well, I'm going to do the thing because why not? So I, I souped up a divination system, put it into a talker script, and then just kind of like random talk into the chat. Um, and just, you know, ask a question and then it'll shoot a random answer at you. Um, and I did that and they were always exceedingly accurate and scarily so to the point where some people really wanted to be my friend and other people thought I was the devil. And that was actually <laughs> sort of hilarious because I was like, I did not realize it would work if I used code. Holy crap. I guess there's no reason why it shouldn't, but the Matrix has me, Neo. Holy crap. So it was a very lovely kind of, I was just doing it as a lark. Um, because I was role-playing a witch in a in a chat area, and because, of course, that's all I do. I'm so typecast, it's scary. Um, and, by the way, that was because I choose to, not because people made me be. But anyways, so I did it because I was playing to my strengths, and it turned out that they were, in fact, my strengths. So it worked. And I got better over time, because sometimes... I couldn't do it in just a regular chat room. I had to have an avatar in front of me or I couldn't relate to the person. And then I got over that and so on. All right, so... Yeah, I want to say that when it comes to tarot apps, I was skeptical at first. Um, Yeah, I was like, I don't... I don't because like the actual feel of a tarot deck, the tactileness of it, the 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 fact that it's an actual artifact, all kinds of things about it being physical, I found were like they were very important to the feel of divination for me, and the interaction was important, and so I was like, okay, well, that's not going to be part of the digital deck, and but then after trying it, I found it was basically the difference between physical books and ebooks. Right. They're different, but they're both right. books. Well, for me, um, I enchanted my iPad. So it's kind of witched six ways from Sunday, and um, so there was no disconnection to the magic for me. Um, Technomancy has always appealed to me. Anyway, uh, okay, we got to move on. Uh, let me see here. Yep. Another one. Uh, tarot must be wrapped in special materials such as silk in order for it to work. I actually swipe right on this one, not because of silk, but because I believe genuinely that your cards form an attachment to you and the kind of attachment you make is based on how you take care of them. If you leave them in the box that they came in, they're going to be kind of always a little neutral. If you buy them special things or you make a cloth for them or something to that effect and you keep them separate and whatever, they develop a mystery that you yourself help build. And I think that helps. I've always found it to be helpful. I don't believe that it is universal. I simply believe that it works for me. I'm going to swipe left on having mm-hmm. to do it, like that it's necessary. I will say that um, like there's plenty of cards that I leave in their original box because I like their original box, like, and I feel it's part of mm-hmm. their thing. Um, 
and there's some that I just like I haven't found the right bag right. for yet so but I, there are some that I like I I commissioned uh, a special uh, cloth wrap from a friend of mine um, because I wanted to to be able to wrap two decks together that are both by the oh, same creator cool. um, yes yeah, like the idiosyncra mm-hmm. deck tarot and the amethyst oracle by oh, cracked amethyst I had a, there's like a special cloth and it's got the colors sort of matched to it and they both can be together now because like they're very very complementary as decks and also it becomes a spread cloth and so like I wanted to make like I like how you said that you know doing this builds a, a, a mystery because I wanted to this deck these decks to be in a certain way and them to have a certain experience and um so i feel that that adds extra and can be of importance but like there's plenty of decks that they're happy in their own box well i i will say um any of those decks that have the that that like stand like flat horizontal and open like a like the um, the Bohemian Gothic deck, the um, the Terror of Dreams, any of the ones that have the little magnetic flip top. I oh, yeah, like those. Are nice. Like if it has a if nice, it's a box. nice box, I don't have any problem with leaving it in there unless it's super added up. You know, like if everything is all like colorful and it looks like a commercial, then I'm like, eh, no. And then I'll, like actually, one of my friends told me that what she did was she took one of those um, decks, the Manga Tarot, the one that has the pink slide deck by Selena Lynn the slide box which i think are super cute little storage boxes she covered each panel with a piece of silk i was like Mm. oh how did it turn out she's like actually pretty good and she did and i was like well i'd never be able to do that because i have no crafting ability like that that's crap um but yours is awesome so i actually kind of liked it she made it all kind of like dark uh purple with some gold highlights and it's really cool i was like and that can you do one for me <laughs> she did she she was like pay me i was like damn it so i think the crux of this taboo is that obviously both of us realize that you can do this without like tarot cards but we're also like cat ladies we are. for our we're decks. like oh precious come over here <laughs> You don't have to get like you know a bunch of different clothes and and accessories for your deck. Exactly. But why wouldn't why you? Why wouldn't you really? I mean, what else are you going to do with that money? Buy food. <laughs> All right. So the next one, uh, this one is actually one of my favorites. It's a series of them, um, and I never read it properly. So don't read while drunk. Don't read while pregnant. Don't drink while pregnant. <laughs> um. I think we can all agree, don't drink while pregnant. pregnant. Rune actually votes for you to read cards while drunk and pregnant if you are planning on not having a baby. Because he's a jerk. Don't (laughs) read... Wait, don't drink and preg. There you go. Don't drink and preg. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah. Um, So, but don't read while drunk. Um, don't, Don't do anything where you have to make sense while you're not going to be able to make sense but drinking wine we had the greatest workshop with jamie that was so fun okay so yes um feel free to imbibe while divining 
I think that like if you're if you're d doing client hours or something, and there's a certain expectation between you and your client that you're going to be sober. I mean, you know, there's certain things that I do that I make sure that I'm sober because that's just part of the professional ethic. However, if you're enjoying a glass of wine with your client, and that's part of the ambiance of the reading. I mean, your client knows that you're having a glass of wine. You're well, right and you know one thing that I've always found rather funny? People are willing to serve tea while you're re getting a reading. And often it's mm -hmm. black tea, and that's caffeinated. And that alters your mind. That alters the way that you think. It speeds you up, and it makes you a little bit more animated and makes you have to pee faster soon. Um, <laughs> and I'm over here going, <laughs> how is that any more helpful for reading the cards i mean people are like well dude have you ever needed coffee and actually i don't drink coffee so i don't have uh like a, a context for this caffeine has never helped me it just puts me like in a sleep and then gives me a headache but oh yeah um it's a common adhd thing that that caffeine um relaxes people so there's like a lot of people yeah mine problem. doesn't relax me it knocks me out and makes me sick i think it's a caffeine well relaxes like kind of yeah i think mine's actually just but... a sensitivity but yeah there's and like so yeah um i feel that if you're having like what is your interaction with this substance does it truly impair your judgment in a way that divination is not going to be and i think the only way for you to know is to experiment yeah you really should try this and and figure out like well with any kind of substance if you're going to be exploring it you like and you know legalities aside um you have to you have to explore it to find out how you're going to well, and some of this i've also um, found comes from the same prejudice of people who um practice magic are like don't take medication for your mental illness because that mm. somehow negates your oh, exactly it clouds your psychic abilities and all this kind of crap i've known so many people who have flipped their meds because they genuinely believe they shouldn't be taking them because it makes them not psychic anymore and i'm over here going I, I had a person who told me that taking her meds for cancer, she had cancer medication. She said, taking it makes me not psychic anymore. I was like, really? Then why did you just read my aura five minutes ago? <laughs> Take your meds. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways. So then don't drink while, or don't, don't drink while pregnant. No, don't read cards while pregnant. Where the hell did this come from? See, I'm never going to be pregnant, so like, I'm like, fine, okay. Right? <laughs> it doesn't apply to me, but, obviously, but I'm kind of looking at it going, I really want to know where that came from. Like, I'm going to guess this is like some sort of culture that believes that if you, if you, there's some sort of uncleanliness associated with divination or some sort of like spiritual oh, interaction associated with divination... Yeah, because like you know, you're like carrying a baby, and you're a, you're now a liminal space in, unto yourself because you're carrying a baby, and you're basically a portal from that baby to the to world, and again? et cetera, et cetera. Are we back to portals What's that? again? <laughs> yeah, everything goes uh, back now to we're portals. Thinking with portals. Yeah. Okay. If you carry a baby, then basically you have a Ouija board that the baby goes through. When um, the on born. a side note. That's how you <laughs> name the baby. <laughs> On a side note, anybody who listens to this podcast and names their baby Ouija, you get a free reading from me. <laughs> <laughs> because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, God. They're going to have so much trouble oh, spelling that's their so, name. Oh, that's so good. Um, um, minus points, though, if you name them 
Ouija and you don't spell it right, if you name it, name them Ouija or Wawag or whatever else the crap, Weggy, Weggy board or Weggy board, I swear to God. Squeegee board? No. <laughs> okay, so that you can consider a taboo from yours truly. All right, so the last yes. one we have on our list right. is don't deface or mod your deck. Um, so we're going to separate it. Deck mod versus deck deface. Swipe right or left. Okay, so yeah. how about we just? Go ahead. Okay, I've got we've we've got so much to talk about when it comes to this one. I've been I've been so excited for this question. Okay, so deck modding, I actually I tentatively swipe right for deck modding because I don't think that you should necessarily not mod your deck, but I really dislike the prevalence okay. of deck modding. Um, like I feel that a lot of decks are just fine. <laughs> um. But to be fair, I don't have problems shuffling large right. cards. And I feel that like a lot of deck mods are simply to do that. But like, um, I want less foil on my decks. Um, <laughs> it, like, it, it hurts my tender Aww. little fingers. Um, but so then we have deck mod deck versus defacing. deck defacing. And so here's where I, I want to say... By the way, if you swipe right on deck mods but left on deck defacing, I want you to have some sort of dark night of the soul over this. <laughs> Where you like so, like some ghost comes to you into the you night shall and, be and visited that you define by, the difference. By who? Doreen Virtue? <laughs> <laughs> the 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 past the Doreen Virtue's yes. past spirit that was actually you doing shall divination. be visited by the ghost of divination past. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes. Okay, so my opinion on this, um, I swipe right for both only because, um, like I'm kind of I have provisos. I say mod your deck as you wish because they're fucking cool, and I have seen a lot of really cool deck modding and i really enjoy that but don't mod your deck if you're a dumbass about it <laughs> to that nature don't don't like, don't up. deface a deck that i would normally find to be beautiful and then show it to me like you're proud of how fucked up you've made this deck because i am very ruled by aesthetic and i might actually be upset and you will not want me upset with you and your tarot because they might try to kill you in your sleep or something. Um, that's not necessarily taboo. That's just that's just rune stating the consequences of exactly. an action. Um, and uh, by the way, it's a taboo because I said so. <laughs> because what am I if not hypocritical and contradictory? But anyways, um, I also believe in defacing your deck for personal purposes. Um, one way that someone mentioned to me is a defacing of your deck. Literally, they used the word deface when they were describing this was taking cards out of your deck and not reading with them. Like, don't read with the tower, don't read with death. Um, which is interesting to me as a taboo. Um, I had someone say, why would you deface your deck like that? Literally, just, I was like, wow, you even think of it as like a violation. That's crazy. Um... I actually wrote an article on stacking the deck, so obviously I'm in favor of that. Um, but also, if you're doing magic by altering a card, burning a card, whatever, etc., as long as it's not a freaking collector's... If you are burning the Silhouettes First Edition out there, I swear to God I can smell it and I'll kill you. I will make the cards rise up and eat you right now! 
don't do it. But if you're defacing a deck because you're doing witchcraft with it, uh, it works. And we're actually about to demonstrate that. Yeah, um, I do want to mention, um, I have semi-defaced slash modded a deck by um, deciding that it was far too white. Um, <laughs> and you just, you needed it to be diverse. And, and diversifying you the deck. <laughs> yeah, I manually am diversifying the deck. And I'm actually pretty impressed with that. Uh, I was I'm just that, that fed up. <laughs> it's taking a long time to do, but it is a work of love because I looked forward to this particular deck and then I got it and I hated it. And I was like, fine, Good. I'm going to make you better. Um, and that's how we love but, things in witchcraft. We love them yeah. by twisting them to fit our opinion of how they should work. I strongly disagree. I strongly disagree with removing cards from your deck only if basically if you're pretending like that's not going to make a real difference. Like you're like, oh, I just want to take out the devil because I'm not comfortable with the devil. It's like, well, you're altering your your reading Precisely. experience by doing this. Like the if you're if you're not facing with the fact that you're removing that for a reason that that you're basically blinding yourself. Oh, see, to that, I actually feel like like because that's the, important because the tarot are sort of like a magic circle. If you remove the devil from the deck, knowing what it means, and you remove it, you're changing the nature of your deck. You're going from 22 major arcana to 21, going from 78 cards to 77. If you know all of the stuff behind all of that, you're literally doing sorcery. You're reorganizing the world the way you think it should be, and there isn't anything specifically wrong with that and people do it all the time so anytime someone says that i'm over here going ah but i know a way you could make that really cool so anyway yeah if you're doing it with the knowledge of it like you're actually purposely doing right. a and thing i suggest doing as opposed so to like I'm just like removing it out of swipe right on that one okay so we need to move on Let's talk about yes. defacement, because I didn't actually say whether I swiped left or right on defacement, and it's because I had never actually okay. made that decision until we did the experiment that we we're are. about to talk about. Um, okay, so, um, and it is time for our final divination segment as part of that, um, aka Celtic Crosshairs, where we answer questions from our many, many fans. And, um, like, why do you guys like us anymore? Like, we haven't even done any podcasts for, like, a month. Um, but before we do that, Felix has some info for you, and we don't even need to deface your deck to give it to you. That's right. Um, that's right. Um, we uh, pick three questions to answer on the divination segment. We are not always able to get to all questions that are submitted. We do try to... to to answer especially if somebody's got something urgent but it's just it's very hard to to schedule these episodes as it is and so it's kind of serendipity what kind of turnaround you're going to get on these questions um so no guarantees on whether you get something from submitting a question to us but if you do want to submit a question for the celtic crosshairs and try your luck go to circle of salt podcast.tumblr.com and go to the ask section there and there's a box that you can type a question into. You will need to be logged into Tumblr to do it. Um, we have moved past the era in which anonymous questions are allowed. Um, everyone reaches that state in, in yes. a Tumblr blog, and we have although, that. Although, anyway, if you don't so. want us to use your actual username when we um, read it out on online, give us a call name of some sort. We've had some really funny ones, and... Uh, we fully anticipate to get more and that would be really cool so yeah we encourage funny call names you know your, your exactly. advice column name um 
that that that's just always it's yeah, really salty fun. and Sacramento. So, um, <laughs> that is how that questions is. get onto this podcast. That being said, um, let's talk yeah, about okay, our decks. So, um, in order for us to do this, we had decided that we were going to kind of violate a number of the taboos that we had described and use that to do our divination for Celtic Crosshairs this time. And so there are a couple of the ones that we were supposed to have been doing, and I, I don't, I'm not doing one of them just because I, we are still unpacking and I haven't found my wine glass. But... Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah we were supposed to be divin- drinking divining. while divining. Um, and I'm not. Sorry, guys. I would like to, and maybe next time. Um, but uh, I'm going to violate the taboo of drinking while divining by telling you that I was going to do it and then telling you I'm not going to and then disappointing you. So maybe that's a, a good... I don't know. Um, but... I think that we've already got a, a major taboo in play without having to... to exactly. Now, what we're here. doing here is... So... We are removing a card from the deck and placing it in front of us, and I bet all of you can guess which one it is. We are going to... Oh, that's right. I didn't realize we were going uh, to remove the card. That adds yeah, extra. Right. Now i got to look for it. Um, so we're taking a deck that is in and of itself taboo in some fashion. That was the first thing we did. So my deck that I chose is the Witchy Tarot, a.k.a. the Hip Witch Tarot, because every person I've ever met who has ever looked at this deck told me that it was terrible and they hated it. And I just don't know why. Like, for the one part, it's, like, it's not a traditional tarot. It doesn't have traditional courts. Um, The court cards aren't kings and queens and knights and pages or any people really at all, except for goddesses you have goddesses and celebrations and there's those are the sabbats um the four traditional witchcraft sabbats by the way not the eight that you hear about in the wheel of the year for wicca um then they have the trials which are reflections of the ordeal of witchcraft which i think is awesome and then the four phases of the moon which i also think is awesome so i was like holy crap there's actually a lot of lore in here that is all like trad witchery and i was that deck is so deep it for does something it, well like i think it kind of looks like it like um like archie comics released a sabrina's tarot deck like a sabrina the teenage tarot deck yeah and i, I love I that I because that. it's so kitschy but it's so goddamn like real witchy and i'm over here going oh it's perfect but we're removing from the deck the devil card and we're going to summon the devil and as part of this, oh, you, what deck are you using? We should share that. Why yours is taboo? Yeah. Um, so I am using the Archangel Power tarot cards. I've used that on 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 this show before. Um, this is a deck designed by Doreen Virtue. The art is by Radley Valentine. And the big thing with Doreen is that a few months back she yes, announced why, divination. And which is tarot why we are doing this in the name of Doreen because that's breaking a taboo. She decided. She decided yeah, I, I was not a thing. Yes, we're using her taboo deck, and also I've always considered this deck to be somewhat taboo. One because it's Doreen Virtue and she has a certain yeah, stigma it, attached to her, and not not for for no true. reason. You use her deck <laughs> gloriously and against her own grain, which I love. Um, 
but also this deck has angels in it and the use of angels in magic or divination or the use of like angels whatsoever is often especially considered very witches, taboo by a lot of people especially pagan witches so yes and we're using an angel deck and a comic book looking witchcraft deck to summon the devil the small one from the tarot um we are going to summon the devil and the cool thing about this is we actually took the devil card out of the deck and defaced it Yes, the, the the defacing is the thing yes. that we're going to talk a little bit about. Do we want to talk about the, the how the defacing changed yes, the cards but first after tell them the questions how we or before? The cards. Okay, how we deface the card? Um, we d is it true that in each of our decks the the devil no, card was not called the devil? The devil? Okay. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. So we decided to cross out the name of the devil on the card and then give it a different name. For me, um, Doreen was too wimpy to call this card <laughs> the devil. Um, so she called it Decision instead. And also each card has its own angel. So it's Decision, Archangel Yophiel. Um, and it's a very good card, actually. But what I did is I, I crossed out Decision. I wrote the devil instead. And then I put little red <laughs> horns on Yophiel's head. And they're so big, they look like Homestuck Troll So horns. it's the Devil Tavros. <laughs> well, not only that, but like the... Uh, gosh, uh, Clown Troll's uh, astrological oh my God. symbol is so on this card. Oh, Gamzee? It's Gamzee. Yeah, uh, is that Capricorn? So you have a Gamzee Makara Devil card? Yeah. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Okay, yes, so it's just fucked up. In my deck, um, the Devil actually has a name already. His name is Leonardo. And he's named after Leonardo da Vinci because Leonardo da Vinci was one of the founders of the Society of Illumination, which later became the Illuminati, which was very much about atheism and the, the rule of reason, which is kind of counter to everything that uh, the, the Christians of the era represented. And the, the name of calling him Leonardo is meant to kind of honor that, from what I understand anyway. But... There's also a funny story about a demon named Leonard. <laughs> Tell a little bit about that. Yes. Because you know more than I do. Leonard. Leonard. Um, Leonard, I think... I I don't remember if he's in... I think he's in the Grimoire Verum or okay. in I don't. Abermelon. I don't think it's probably the Abramelin mix. Um, uh, I think it's the Grimoire I think it's the Grimoire Verum then. And, like... His name is Leonard. He's just named Leonard. Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, like, because we've talked about this before, I'm pretty sure that he is a reference to Leonardo da Vinci. That is the only thing I can possibly think of that is in any way relevant. Lots of demon listings are basically, like, a hodgepodge from all kinds of different pantheons or cultural, you know, things that they were exposed to and then decided were demonic. And so I'm like, okay, fine. This is just <laughs> this freaking demon named Leonard that keeps on making me think of the movie Leonard 6 that starred Bill Cosby, which just makes it even more campy. And so when I imagine Leonard the demon, I kind of think of him as in like a, a leisure Talking suit, kind of disco looking. Leonard. And he's got like his own background well, see, music. That's kind of that totally walk -walk. reminds me of anyway. the, oh God, the demon that was in Penny Dreadful, the book that Kevin Andrew Murphy wrote that I love so much. But, you know, uh, he is hilarious. And so what I have done is I've written on this card Leonardo, but the O is an inverted pentagram. So he is, so he is Leonard. So it's super spooky. 
because he's super spoopy. Uh, and I have done that. And the weird thing, so talk about this. The weird thing, when we did this, when we made our decks, when we defaced the devil and kind of named it. Yes, we, we made our, our devil pact in Sharpie with the devil. And um, interestingly enough, the cards shifted. They changed. My deck got super dark. And mm-hmm. I am super excited by that because I tend to be a dark person. And this deck was always a little fluffy and a little friendly. And now it's like super cutthroat and merry while it's doing it. It's wreaking havoc and giggling the whole time like the Sanderson sisters. I freaking love it. You know in cartoons where there's a superhero and then like some kind of weird ray hits them or there's like another alternate dimension and there's like the bizarro version of oh, them? You have the, the Nega version of you have them? The Nega deck. Like Nega Duck? The Nega deck. Yeah, I have the Nega deck. And it's like everything that was so super fluffy about this deck, you know, Doreen Virtue, the power of positivity and all that. This deck is like the alternate dimension you you know, Nega you know inverse that means now. version. That means you have to create a three-card spread. What does it mean? That says, flowers for Negaduck. Oh, did I say flowers? I meant skulls. Did I say skulls? I meant anvils! (laughs) (laughs) Skulls! Skulls for Negaduck! Yeah, so actually, I think that this is basically the fallen Archangel power deck. It's so great. Yeah, so I'm excited to read with it. And so we're going to remove the devil card and yes. put it above now to oversee our to, operation. Have you put it out yet? And we're... Uh, yes, right. it is, and it now is sitting above watching over And now to and summon us. the devil, we have to chant our barbarous words chant. That's okay, right. Okay, so we and have to do this together. As best as we so, can. So, you ready? Okay. Go. Yeah. Barabbas... Barbara Streisand, Barbara, Barbara Walters, Barbara, Streisand, Barbara Moore, Barbara Walters, Babar the Elephant, Hannah Barbera, Hannah Barbera. Of course, he's already here. He is here. All right, let's do this shit. So let's answer some questions. Uh, everybody just They're left. They turned anymore. it off. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh shit, I don't want this reading. All right, so okay. um, from com- Confused Communicator, we have this question. Um, As a child, I regularly had an entity who communicated with me in my dreams and gave me information or items. Now that I'm older, I'd like to work towards reaching out to that entity myself to gain a possible mentor, but I was very young and I'm not sure who or what it was. Do you have any advice or divination? Thanks so much. Love the podcast. I will. I want to make a note yes, that is. this is a very common um, I would also um, like issue. to make a request to Confuse Communicator. Yeah. When it gave you objects, were they physical? Like, did you get something, like, show up in the mail or something? Because I have that happen to me. And if that has happened to you, can you please contact our po- our our podcast uh, inbox and let me know so that I can, like, giggle with you about it? Because that would be fun. Or just contact me privately. So or just contact Rune. Because that's yeah, awesome. Either way. But if, they, if that is not what happened, then that can happen. Now you all know. All right. Yeah, and if you got some items and you still have those items, you right, can use those items to contact so. the guy. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Okay, so just just saying that right off the cuff. <laughs> let's see what the devil but let's, says. I'm going to see what this. cards say. Okay, now repeat the question real quick because I've lost the thread. 
just brief. Uh, okay, so I'd like to work towards reaching out to that entity, um, okay, but I'm not sure who or what it was. It or do you, do you have any advice? Um, I wanted to read how to do it because I feel that how to contact will help them. Okay, I will do any information that they need to know about what that being was like or who. Okay. okay. All right, here we go. Okay. <laughs> really? Wow. Okay. You got the really. I'm gonna cut one more time and then let's see. Um, gosh, really? that's really good. What'd you get? Uh, <laughs> do you want me to do mine first, or do you want to do yours first? Um, I'm going to do mine first. This is how you um, contact I'm going to do mine first. How you contact them. Like, I, I, it's, this is a one-card answer. I drew a second one just to make sure there wasn't anything else, but it was the sun basically saying, nah, that's it. It's bright. Um, so, two of Raphael. Uh, by the way, that is uh, in this deck, Cups. So... Two of Cups is the usual, like, uh, two people either making Aww. really good friends or, like, being in love card. Um, but this is the oh, Doreen Lord. deck. There's flavor text on each card. Um, so, two hearts dedicated to creating something wonderful. Kindred spirits. Don't give up on those you love. And basically what this, mm -hmm. this card is saying is that you are already connected to this entity. Just draw on that connection like get like draw on the feelings that you had whenever you were um connected to each other whenever you were actually interacting um and that that feeling that you you if you felt whenever they were around and interacting with you reach for that feeling and recall it because that's the key to to reconnecting with this entity because that is your feeling of that entity and you don't need a name for that or any even kind of description of what they there look like go. because that feeling cannot be replicated so mine were super extra so um <laughs> the answer the extra the answer that i got was death. <laughs> and like in this deck death is like such a diva he's like okay do you did you remember do you ever see the second poltergeist movie I don't. I, I actually watched it several okay, so times the, as a kid, but I don't have memories from that era. Guy, um, like the death card in this deck totally looks like him. Like, let me in. Um, <laughs> super okay. ridiculous. And um, his or her nature is very like smirky and kind of death associated. So I'm gonna say that this being is associated with death in some fashion, either like through the ancestor thing, because there's a big deal about that in this particular card. Um or possibly associated with the figure of death. One way or the other. Shinigami? Kind of, yeah, actually. Like a, is it a Shinigami? Um and the cards are implying that yes, you absolutely are still connected. The Six of Cups inverted is here which shows that um, you are only disconnected from this because you feel like you did something wrong, but you didn't. Um, you just have to relax and be grateful for your past and kind of drop dead Fred him back into your space. Um, the Celebration of Flames also comes through. Celebration of Flames is Beltane, by the way. And um, so they're suggesting if you really want a good time to connect to him, do it over Beltane. Do it during a Sabbath, but especially Beltane, so like the spring and summer. And um, do it around a fire. Uh, 
they also imply that this might actually have significance nice. to the the querent to confused communicator because they might have actually gotten this particular entity during the spring. I don't know. So hopefully that helps you. That's right, and if it doesn't, then just right. remember that tarot over the internet doesn't actually But don't do work. it, because it's evil. <laughs> Alright, what's right. the next... Right. Don't do it. But yeah. don't do it, because it's Don't evil, do it, but it doesn't work. It doesn't but don't work do anyway, it. so whatever. <laughs> what's the next question? We got another question, and I don't have a... Okay, so we're gonna... We got another question, and I don't have a okay. extra handle for this person, unidentified so we're just gonna go unidentified. Unidentified flying questioner. I've been friends with a person for about a year now, but we don't always mesh together with personalities. She's really nice, but also aggressive and sometimes has views that are not so great. My question is, is this friendship heading anywhere positive and should I continue to nurture it? And by the way, I'd like to say that's a really good way of phrasing that question. Right. It says... Because it doesn't say, what should I do? Although actually it does say, just should I continue to nurture good, it? But like... Do that. So... Yeah, it's like, you know, where's this going, basically? All right, and so, so I will ask the devil if you should for continue entertaining your uh, friendship, if you want the devil's advice. I'll just get the devil's advice on what he suggests. All right, Leonardo, impress me, darling. Aw. Aw. Oh, that's cute. Aha. Uh. Uh -huh. Hmm. That's just because the cards are cute. You're getting the awe that's cute on your end. Yes. Oh, okay, the cards are cute. All right. Do you want me to start? All right. So, um, for is this friendship heading anywhere positive? I get the three of Ariel for this. Um, and it's a little weird because I'm getting more from what's actually the illustration on the card than the classical meaning of this question because this is this guy that's kind of fondly looking at an okay, open so music box and like the little angel that's inside it okay. Ariel. it's the three of Ariel um, Ariel it's just actually the three of pinnacles so. um, like it looks like you're looking fondly back on the things that were good here um, like there are some things that could be good, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to turn into good things. Um, and like, I'm actually a little bit confused by this answer because it's actually it's asking you know is is this friendship heading anywhere positive? Um, I think the answer is right. it depends on what your your definition of positive is. You could look at anything and kind of tint it to be a positive thing. Um, and so it's actually like, you know, kind of saying like, it's a little dangerous to, to look at it like that. Um, because it's advice for, um, oh God. should I continue to nurture that's it a, is like that's the Ten of end. Swords. <laughs> 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 yeah, and, and it's a double end on this deck because it's the Ten of Michael and the Ten of Michael is actually like a, a oh, ballet dancer <laughs> bowing at the of end course. of the Swan Queen. So um, I have a similar reading. The end of the show. So I have the sun <laughs> as an answer to kind of stuff you should understand about all of this. Um, the sun, the thing you need to understand about the sun is that the sun is the center of its solar system, but not the world. But 
the thing that defines the difference between a sun and a star is that the sun has planets. And I think I've already said that on this podcast before in another reading, but it bears repeating. Um, the sun is the center of a space where people seek warmth and light from them and need them to survive. But how it all came about is very like lucky and mysterious because it's not like the sun is deliberately pulling you to them. Um, you are trying to become the center of your environment and you're wanting your will and your way to rule over your space and so does she and that is going to be a problem for you guys the reason why this stuff is is as troublesome as it is for you is because we have to further explain we have the moon of boulders inverted which is the waning moon and um the empress and specifically the cards are saying your time is passing because you were both supposed to learn sovereignty from each other, which you seem to have done. However, they are warning you because the devil is going to give you some advice. Beware vanity. Do not choose to separate from them, from this girl, because of vanity. Don't worry about whether or not her opinions or her 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 views or whatever are actually any sort of damage to you guys you're both equal and you can't even possibly get too close to each other to make that actually a problem so let your power be your power and and make your garden grow focus on the flowers focus on the growing don't focus on your mirror so that's what they have to say about that and i would say that means that it's irrelevant whether or not you decide to entertain their their presence in your space or not because they have their space and you have yours and you're seeing it as um, a challenge when in reality you have your own space. That's interesting. Right. So it's you already have what you need out of this. You've already got separation. She already has what she needs out of this. And you can either be respectful of each other or not. It doesn't really matter because you're going to go about your business anyway so paying too much attention to this and caring too much about it is actually vanity and you shouldn't care so much All right. yeah he well he's the devil so <laughs> all right so let's look at yeah like i like that's that's succinct um all right let's see i do not have a name for this person either so this okay. person is orgel fantasia nice um, it's a really good Sailor Moon album. Um, hi, guys. <laughs> I think this is where I send us. asks for the podcast, right? Yes, it is. You found it. <laughs> if not, please let me know. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Um, I had a guide named Orgel. That's where I got Orgel Fantasia. Um, whom I just randomly stopped working with. <laughs> Sorry, I like stopped for a second and I'm like, well, don't do that. Um, <laughs> should I reach out to him again? Uh, also, what did the cards say about him? And finally, was he the one that sealed slash dulled okay. my clairvoyance slash psychic abilities when I was younger? Okay, so here's the Which thing. is not the first I'm time I've heard to, about that happening. Um, I have strong opinions about any time someone says, oh, a spirit blocked my sight. I have very strong opinions about that, and they're not positive ones. I, I agree. They're going, no, they didn't. To date, I cannot say it's never happened, but I can say that I don't necessarily believe it happens. So I will bow out from answering that question, because you can take that if you want to. But I will go ahead and help them profile um, Orgel, if that is something they want to do. Okay? 
Okay. I plan on drawing three cards uh, on Orgo. Same thing. And just saying what they say. All right. Huh. Okay, well, I'll do mine then. I'm so still I reading over mine. So I have the Justice mine. card uh, inverted yeah. as the very first card. And so the first thing that you need to understand is that your principles and those of Orgel may not be in sync, and you'll need to address that if you're going to work with them. The second thing that I see here, I have two other cards to help further explain this. I have the Goddess of Boulders, who's actually Hecate, which I think is awesome. She's doing a traditional um, spell that she, uh, the, the taming of the snakes, and it's a traditional like Greek spell, um, which is super cool. Um, although I don't know if I approve of her outfit, but whatever. Anyways, this card is supposed to be associated with Hecate, and it's inverted, which means specifically um, the being that you're working with is one who works with deeper power and is not of a nature that is necessarily always friendly to humankind. Uh, I have the five of boulders over on another one, and it, literally the card here, it's the five of pentacles, but which generally means like um, out in the cold, abandoned, um, trying to kind of find your way and survive kind of a deal. And um, inverted like this, it usually means like separated because of pride. But this particular card has a different kind of picture and a different kind of description. This person, these two people are kissing in the center of a circle of stones. And literally the understanding is that they have gone where they know they will be sacred and and formed their union in a place where it will be sanctified and no one can argue with it. Sort of eloped kind of a thing. Um, which I love because... Anyway, I have lots of reasons for loving that card. But um, in this particular situation, the cards say that... Um, specifically, the devil says, remember that he has expectations of how things are supposed to go, so define what you need to define beforehand before entering the circle. And also know that he is not the same as you. He does not think the same way that you do. And he's not just going to be on your side for everything. He's going to have his own opinions, and that may be part of the problem. Okay, so that's what I've got. That is interesting. I got an interesting sequence of cards here. Um, that is interesting. I got an interesting sequence of cards mm -hmm. here. Um, the first one is the Six of Michael, Six of Swords. Um, and that mm -hmm. this is uh, always, to me, a moving on card. Um, and so the the first question that this deck asks, because this one wants to basically ask hmm. you questions about your situation and make you answer them, um, is might there be a reason were, why you're not working with this entity yeah, anymore or why you left? And examine why you left. Like, it's really important that you ask yourself why you left and, and examine all the factors of that because there's some sort of wisdom in there that you need to learn. Okay. Uh, the second card is the Wheel of Fortune. Uh, by the way, Doreen well, just I calls mean, this one the wheel. I guess fortune was too spooky. The lady whose name starts with um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people do that a lot. Doreen oh. Virtue, Dion Fortune. 
Right? Oh, it's yeah. like, uh, <laughs> Actually, they no, sound like a power team duo. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. No, we're not even in the same room together. But yeah, so the wheel... Uh-huh. The wheel is basically like, things are moving along. The wheel is mm-hmm. turning. Time is advancing. Um, things need to change. Possibly a season needs to turn before you uh, start working with this entity again. But um, a lot of the advice here is simply like, wait for time to, to go by and wait go. and watch the changes that happen before okay, you so make a decision on this. See what it's like when, when they're not around. And also, okay. there so might be the some third? sort of growth that you need to go through. The third is the Eight of Raphael, or the Eight of Cups. Um, <laughs> and so oh, I love the flavor text on this one saying, there is something better waiting for right? you. Like, why, why Which bother? to me sounded you, like you some real shade. So. But this one is an interesting card, though, because the Eight of Cups, you know, is like, you know, going past a gate and, and leaving for sort of okay. a, uh, a, a hermitage, a, a, um, a retreat. Um, but this one, you, you, it, this, this girl is okay. about to go over a bridge and then into the woods where there's a figure waiting for her. Because usually this is just like, you know, a person is going to go out to a refuge or, or to a retreat or something. But this one Literally has, you know, like, someone waiting for you whenever you're going to that retreat. So, um... Yeah, that's now that, kind of what that sounds like. Now um, that he's gone, see who so shows up. I, th- I would say that the devil is sh- throwing shade at this character on both sides. So, the taboo side of me says, call him up, see what happens. But the other side of me says, the devil's been giving pretty good advice tonight. So I'm going to say, um, listen to Leonardo. Right. Yeah, and the 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 Doreen card says, you know, do what you know is right for you. Right. I so agree. you know, just just listen to that. It's not about it's not about that, that spirit. It's about you. All right. So that's our last question. I wanted to to make a note to the to the audience. Um, we are trying. We're juggling our format a little bit trying to figure out what works best for us uh, so that we can record more often and have episodes for you more mm-hmm. regularly and um, it's gonna it's gonna take some experimentation and some some work on on our part so so have a little patient with us we are trying to make it to where the episodes are shorter and a little bit closer to the the normal podcast right, and episode it's actually length, been, and that's um, taken re-examining our subject matter to be able to down, do we come up with a two-hour episode we do we really love talking to each other, which makes it a good podcast, but also make, means that you're all, you're going to stay around for like, you know, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, because we're just really having fun here. Um, but we are, we are trying and um, we're going to keep on experimenting. Um, keep an eye on our blog. I'm going to have some announcements when it comes to um, some ways that you can contribute and help us do things soon. Um, and um, I'll have some things to say about that next podcast episode. I have a little bit. Of, uh, I have some stuff to set up before then. Of course, at the rate that I put out these podcasts, because it takes so long to edit, um, longer the episode is, longer it takes for me to edit. Well, well, let's um, hope not. Let's we may already have the announcement on the blog before this episode goes live. <laughs> That, I'm going to try to just get them we'll out real happens. fast now, and, um, and it's going to be know, like don't, three episodes October. If it doesn't work out right. Also, 
we're trying. We're gonna we're gonna get this all worked out. But I mean, yeah. we're this also is pretty early I would, on. I would like to ask uh, people, in our podcast. If you this have is the ninth episode for us or suggestions for topics. Please, please contact us and let us know. We would love to hear from you. So, um, yeah, send that along, and I'll probably be the one who responds to you because I'm the one with the most free time. So. I will be um, setting up our web stuff to be better in the future. That's one of the things I'm working on, so where it'll be easier to contact us, um, and just generally yeah. easier to find out about okay. the podcast. This is just all like you know, work in progress. Seriously, this this exploded so much. We got further, into a lot of stuff so that we fun, never knew like, we were getting into when we started work, a podcast. So. All right, um, and. Yeah, I guess we should. Yeah. Uh, let me see here. So we're going to uh, wrap yeah, that up, I, I guess. anything else on our list, so we're pretty good. Yeah. Why don't you sing us out, Felix? Uh, yeah, well, um, we've summoned yeah, I just... Uh, yeah, well, um, we've summoned the devil into your ears, and... <laughs> yeah, Ouija boards are a portal, and so is this podcast episode. So... With that said, may the circle of salt protect you.